Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 217 of Geetown Radio. I'm back this week with... Matt! How are you doing? I'm good, David. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What have you been up to this week? Cool. Well, first of all, it's always good to hear the uh, 24 intro, because you yeah. don't see it these days. No, uh, sadly. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, he's he's a free agent again, so you never yes. know. Yes, I noticed the tease on the previous podcast. Yes. <laughs> Uh, maybe one day. Um, yeah. I've in, in terms of things I have been watching that have been on, well, not on the air, but catching up or whatever. Uh, on all four, you can watch the box set for uh, Community, which is the Dan yeah. Harmon yeah. uh, t- TV series about uh, these, I think it's five or six people at a, a community kind of college thing. And um, yeah, I, I fell off, well, not really fell off. I sort of stopped watching for some reason after season three i think it was there's one particular season where dan Harmon got fired yeah and right, i remember back, yeah um, but he's still like slightly involved in the show yeah um, and i heard that season i think it's season four that i'm on at the moment that uh, season four is a little bit different because obviously he's not there and they tried to basically just do some other stuff uh essentially i think it was created by dan Harmon as well and it was just, it was essentially that, that phase of dan Harmon's career when uh, he wasn't necessarily being nice to certain people and then he later in certain interviews that he learned some stuff and then eventually he got uh, I think rehired for season five and then season yeah. six was the final season anyway uh, but yeah it still continues to be good and energetic like community is really kind of energetic and quick and kind of quippy and, and all that sort of stuff uh, it's a bit like the same kind of pacing as like Only Fools and Horses like it just constantly kind of throws um, <laughs> new, new right. stuff uh, in that sort of way but yeah I'm, I'm enjoying the season it, it's never really communities ha- always had obviously the plot of these people are supposed to be in this there's like the particular study room that they're always in it's a bit like friends. There's always the the, the sofa that they're on, but in, right. this, in this sense, it's the uh, study room that they're in, um, which always happens to be in like the middle of this particular area. There's always the the table that they've had and everything. So that's kind of always been the plot, which is you know the characters kind of meet there and whatever happens in the episode happens. But yeah, surprisingly, with kind of a bit more of a a lack of I suppose direction it always manages to kind of be funny and throw just again just like weird stuff at you as well uh, and yeah it's got a really great cast to it it's got Alison Brie it's got Gillian Jacobs it's got uh, Yvette Nicole Brown and uh, Donald Glover and some, a couple of other people as well so a re- really really strong cast it's sometimes with the groups like comedic chemistry a bit similar to like The Good Place how that's like clearly like the show's strongest sort of uh, yeah. strength as well and it, it's always no matter sort of what they're doing the characters always kind 
kind of managed to bounce off each other in a, in a funny sort of way and that's kind of what has kept the show going a little bit as well so yeah still got some episodes of that left or a couple of seasons left and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing more of it so okay, have you cool. seen uh, I haven't Fox? no it's one I've not watched I hadn't realised it was all on all four though so yeah, they didn't I, really advertise it quite so much I sort no, of found it on there no once. so I might um, I might go and have a look at that because it's one that I keep on meaning to watch and I haven't got round to so uh, yeah I might go and check that out yeah but yeah it's a lot of fun so uh, Control which is the newest game from Remedy Games they previously made uh, Max Payne right. uh, Quantum Break and uh, Alan Wake as well uh, they, they made the older versions of Max Payne because I think yeah, a couple the... of years ago Rockstar made a, a newer version of Max Payne so there's two different versions but Remedy made uh, one of those versions and uh, Control is much more in the line of something like Quantum Break you're basically going into this building and there's a whole bunch of weird mysterious stuff uh, which I, I, I tend to like that sort of um, mysterious sort of plot lines and that and the gameplay is very very similar to Quantum Break you've basically got these sort of powers and then you get given a gun um, one of the main differences with this and Quantum Break is in Quantum Break you'll specifically be holding an assault rifle a shotgun a pistol all those sorts of things whereas in uh, Control you'll basically have this one gun but it can change to different modes oh right okay uh, to like yeah. shatter and a sniper thing, thing. Yeah. and uh, there's this thing called like the spinning mode which is clearly like the assault rifle type mode so you'll have one gun but you'll basically press I think it's square I kept pressing the wrong button yesterday <laughs> um, and uh, yeah you'll basically be pressing square and you can equip two different versions at once you can change it basically on the fly right yeah the plot line's not quite as strong I think as Quantum Break you basically got this the power of telekinesis where you can you know look at particular objects pull them towards you and throw them at enemies and that's incredibly fun to do uh, when you can manage <laughs> to do that and if you manage to pick up things like fire extinguishers or explosive barrels and you throw them at enemies they'll explode which is even more fun so yes. um, and you can pick up things like benches and fridges and water coolers and all <laughs> sorts of things and just throw them at the enemies it's uh, it's really really fun so it's, it actually got to a point where um, I didn't obviously forget that I had the gun but I was basically using the telekinesis with the energy to throw objects back and forth and then I just wait for my energy to come back and not use the uh, pistol as much but it's really really fun to use so cool. uh, I thoroughly enjoyed playing that Good. Uh, well next Daniel James wanted to quickly bring him up again for a player that's supposed to be you know this 15 million signing who's 21 years old who's supposed to be one for the future well, he scored three goals in his first four games for Man United, so he's done incredibly well so far. But definitely one of our better players at the moment. So I just wanted to uh, quickly bring up Daniel James again. And of course, I do have the United cast. Yes. Uh, we got the international break on Saturday. I don't think I'm good at watching them play because they're often not great and boring. Sorry. Yes, that is true. <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah, we're back. We're back in two weeks and we got Leicester at home. So hopefully we can win that because we're starting to slide down the table, the Premier League table. And we need to get some points. <laughs> um, a Netflix show came out, which I, I, I spoke to you about this. Uh, a couple yes, of days ago better than us because it hasn't been talked about an awful no, lot you are quite I'm, right I haven't seen anybody mention this show <laughs> yeah. anywhere I haven't heard anybody mention it anywhere uh, it popped up on I think it was one of their how, how do you sort of phrase this you know when you you it's, open Netflix and it's here's a trailer for you it sort of came yeah, up it's the up recommended it's one of the recommended shows and I notice yeah. it is trending in the UK so people are watching it despite the fact that it's a a Russian language drama better than us yeah I'm a little bit more used to, to some of those things I've watched uh, various like, things like Dark uh, The Returned there was that Locked Up show uh, so I've watched uh, some yeah. different like French and other dramas and stuff like that and uh, other 
of stuff as well. Because I remember you said this was maybe supposed to be a humans well, it, it, remake see, of I, sorts. I I think it, when you read the description, it sounds very very much like a humans okay. remake. Although I don't think it is a humans remake because there there is a Chinese version of humans which is being remade. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. there is genuinely like a that's an official proper remake. This sounds very much like a remake, but legally not a remake. <laughs> by the sounds of it, but I I don't know. I've not watched it, so uh, I mean, what did you think? Well, I've only seen the uh, the uh, pilot. I did want to watch two episodes, but I just kind of ran out of time. Kind of looking for like references to humans and stuff. Obviously, the androids is is the big thing. Uh, you get these kind of uh, a couple of families, and then they have their different androids that do different things. It's interesting when you play. It's in about the first ten seconds of the episode where you get for some reason this little girl's voice. There's this little girl in the in the family, so I suppose it it might be her, um, and she's explaining the three rules of the androids, like Asimov's three lords of of robotics basically that is okay yeah it sort of sets up you know what they can and sort of can't do or what their program they're supposed to do they can obviously go against their programming it's much more kind of focused on this big uh, corporation which for some reason i can't remember the name of them but um yeah they're essentially got this room where they're charging these different androids there's an incident that happens and this this one android kind of goes on the run and uh, right. it's that's about what happens in you know I can't really spoil stuff because there's a couple of uh, big things that happen in the pilot but um, it starts off, starts off a little bit slow but once this sort of particular event happens it really kind of puts some stakes out there and uh, more, definitely more in terms of the, the stakes for the androids and stuff but uh, I quite enjoyed it I think I'm going to continue watching the interesting thing with this is you know Netflix usually tends to go for 8, 10 sometimes 13 episodes this has got 16 episodes which uh, is kind of interesting so it's a lot yeah. more than, than usual uh, that's almost close it's like a, a network tv season of something yeah although it's presented as an netflix original it, it's actually bought in it's not actually a netflix original it's a bought in one from russia so cool uh but yeah I'm, in terms of comedy and drama i'm going to be focusing on community and uh better than us it's called i didn't actually say the name did i it's no. called better than, better than us it's on netflix and it's the it's the robot android show to look out for if you want to watch that but yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to continue watching it it ended at an interesting point with the pilot so that's yeah, that's, interesting. that's the stuff i've been up to and within the next couple of weeks we've got a whole bunch of things coming back so yeah yeah there's, uh, there's yeah. lots of stuff coming up we've got lots of trailers this week um mm. for me uh, i watched the first episode of carnival row which is this new big amazon drama um that you can tell they spent a lot of money on it i see mm-hmm. the thing that came to mind mm-hmm. is it's sort of what happens if you take ripper street and add fairies essentially <laughs> um that that's kind of the setup for it and that's i i loved it i really enjoyed it i thought it was great but if you want a kind of idea of the pitch and tone it's got this sort of steampunky feel to it it's this sort of steampunky kind of world so it's that sort of fake victorian sort of era town you have got this war going on where there has been a war between the fairies this sort of other group and this human group the humans essentially left the fairies to die who they'd been allied with there was a sort of political change and they ended up pulling out of the war leaving the fairies for fend for themselves so there is a lot of fairy refugees that are trying to leave their homeland and moving into these human cities so there is the the backbone of it actually is this refugee crisis um the main 
characters that you're following are played by Cara Delevingne and Orlando Bloom. Uh, Lando Bloom is essentially a police inspector who is trying to track down this serial killer who is taking out fairies. Cara Delevingne's character is a fairy who knew Orlando Bloom's character during the war, believes him to be dead, but obviously he isn't because we've seen him. Uh, Mm. She ends up as a refugee, ends up turning up in this city and meets up with some of her old friends that have uh, gone there before her. And then they reveal the fact that, oh yeah, that's the inspector. He is still alive. And she's not very happy about that because she'd been told that he was dead and it seems like he basically snuck off after sleeping with her. So ah. that's the, uh, <laughs> that, so she's not overly happy with him. So uh, that's sort of where we start off in that first episode. It is really interesting. It's had a lot of money thrown at it. It's got, like I say, this sort of immigration thing going on as sort of a background to it, which is relatively timely, I would say at the moment it's got some beautiful sets and scenery i don't know how much of it is practically created and how much is cgi but they've done a phenomenal job because there there are chases across rooftops and you know the carnival row oh. which is the main fairy hangout it's sort of den of iniquity it's where the fairies are selling kind of various things including themselves to uh, interested parties yeah they seem very much as second class citizens so it's this uh, it, it's a, just a really interesting kind of rich set up to it uh, I, I very very much enjoyed the first episode I need to go back and watch some more of it but uh, yeah definitely yeah. definitely worth checking out how many episodes is there? I think there's eight in the first season it's not yeah. very long Amazon tend to do eight I've noticed yeah um, with things like uh, Hannah and uh, Jack Ryan and stuff yeah. like that yeah so I and think the boys. Done a, yeah, yeah I think they're doing eight episodes so uh, that's good and it has been renewed for a second season already so oh, that's definitely uh, one I worth checking out I still need to watch uh, what was the uh, David Tennant good oh, Good Omens, yeah. Good Omens is well worth watching, although that that is a one-off series, I think. Mm-hmm. So, along with Carnival Row, I'm continuing through my trek through the MCU movies. I've now finished Phase 1. I've just started Iron Man 3, which is the beginning of Phase 2. Mm-hmm. Um, you forget how good that first Avengers movie was. <laughs> so, going back and watching that, it's really interesting to, just watching the characters develop and stuff. I've been very much enjoying going through that. I've got Thor Dark World to come up with, though, and uh, skip it. <laughs> I don't want to skip it. I'm going to go yeah. through the all. The only movie I've skipped at the moment is The Incredible Hulk because it does a bit, bit really, more disconnected. Yeah, it way. is a bit more disconnected. Although technically, it is a Phase One film. I've I kind of skipped over it because it's a different actor, and you know, I don't think it's necessary to watch. Very much enjoying that. I will. I'm now on the start of Phase Two, so mm-hmm. I've, I will be going you, through them all again. Do you remember where you put Avengers on your list? Because we did a uh, uh, yes, 22 film ranking thing. I can't remember. Way. I think it was fairly high. I can't remember exactly yeah. where I put it, but I think it was I did have about my top five somewhere. Yeah, so. I think so. I do like that first Avengers film. I think they did a great job. Some mm. wonderful lines in it, referring to Hawkeye as Legolas, and uh, that <laughs> still my fa- my favourite snipe is calling Thor Point Break, <laughs> which I just thought was brilliant. Um, that I'm going through. Handmaid's Tale finished last night in the UK as well. Um, really interesting place to end it. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, a lot of the plot of this has been about the handmaid kind of getting 
out or rather getting this group of children out is what she's been trying to do this season. Mm. But it's one of those things that if she ever gets out of Gilead, your kind of show is over. So you kind of knew that she was never actually going to make it. But I thought there was an interesting, uh, interesting way to bring that to an end. And it could have gone either way. You know, if they knew that they weren't going to come back, they could have wrapped it up. But uh, Mm -hmm. it sounds like they're planning on coming back for another season because you know that's how yeah, they got renewed it. as well so, so yes so that is coming back for another season that's one of the things i kind of talked about with handmaid's tell is that apparently season one is the book and there's only one book and then they've made seasons two three and then they're going to go on to four yeah uh, and, I, and I, I remember speaking before about like how far can they really take yeah this current premise that they've got like you said one of the things i'm kind of sticking around for is to see june get hopefully her eventual freedom yeah um, I just don't want that to take another three or two seasons or whatever. No, I I think if they do one more season, you could easily wrap it because it is getting to a point where every time they're teasing her getting out and Mm. then just at the last minute, she doesn't. So I think you could easily wrap it after another season. And it's been a great show, but I think it would be a shame to let it go on too long. Yeah, Yeah. I, I would like to see it wrap after one, maybe two more seasons, but I mean, I, I would be perfectly fine if they wrapped it after this season. I mean, one of the bigger kind of problems in terms of wrapping it up is it's one of Hulu's biggest shows and it's got Elizabeth uh, Moss attached to it. And that's a big kind of, you know, mm. hey, come and come and join Hulu, come watch Hamish Tell and then get you into like other stuff maybe afterwards. So. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that you don't want to drive into the ground and keep it going just because mm. it's your biggest show. <laughs> King <Right>. Dead. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, the show hasn't, that show hasn't caught up to its, its book yet. So no, well, that is true that is still going so uh, outside of TV I'm still utterly obsessed with Oxygen Not Included I've mentioned this a couple of times in the last few episodes I started playing it like two or three weeks ago I'm under 154 hours on Steam at the moment so I am playing it rather obsessively Uh, this is a space colony simulation game Uh, basically you find yourself with a little group of people that are stuck inside the middle of this asteroid and you basically have to overcome various issues to try and get out and that includes sort of building places for the your little dupes as they're called the little people to sleep make sure they have enough food make sure they have enough oxygen and enough power and uh, it's just really interesting because you can get to sort of 100 days in game and that's when things start to tip a little bit you know you start off with three people and then they constantly send you an update of more so as you get more people, obviously you need more food, you need more power, you need more oxygen. And trying to keep those balanced, it's like an eternal game of plate spinning to sort of make sure that, that your your food levels are still up, your oxygen levels are still up, your power levels are still up. And as the game goes on longer, your natural resources drop down. So your power level drops down. And the moment your power levels drop down, that stops food being as easily created. It stops the oxygen being created. So one thing knocks into something else. Mm-hmm. And it's really really difficult to keep balanced and you get to sort of you know 100 125 days it can start to sort of tip over if you've not got things set up running properly so it's really tricky you can do really well and think oh this is going great and then suddenly one thing tips over and everything collapses and you end up like going back in and starting again and go okay i'll try it this way but you learn something every time you go through and you know if your colony stops working you kind of think oh i'll go and start another one and start playing through that because now you know the things that you've got to keep an eye on for the next game so 
it's just endless hours of fun if you enjoy base building games if you like that sort of thing i would highly recommend oxygen not included it's brilliant brilliant fun it's only available on pc i think at the moment but it's so worth going to play it's just just wonderful i'm thoroughly enjoying that that's been my my complete obsession at the moment in terms of gaming (laughs) and that's really everything we've been doing this week so let's move on to some tv and film news So TV and film news this week, we'd usually start off with renewals, cancellations and pickups, but there really haven't been many announcements this week because everybody's away on holiday, it seems. There Mm. have been a lot of trailers, though, uh, dropped this week, or rather last week. Um, Sky Atlantic released a trailer for 000, which I wasn't even aware of until the the trailer popped up but that's from the people behind Gamora which is the Sky Italia series it's uh, based on Robert Savino's book who is also the guy behind Gamora it's got the same production team same directors Uh, so if you like Gamora this is going to be one definitely to watch out for this is actually not all in a foreign language as well this is is in an equal parts English, Spanish and Italian it's a rather unique look at the drug trade because it looks at people involved in the drug trade it's a drama following the drug trade but rather than looking at just the people it follows a a specific shipment of cocaine through the americas and europe and follows the various power hungry criminals and mexican cartels and you know mafia and corrupt businessmen and things that are keeping this sort of trade going so it's really based on a real life events but it's done in a fictionalized way i think this sounds really fascinating it's not landing until 2020 it's going to be on Sky Atlantic and Now TV in the UK going to be on Amazon Prime in the US. But I think this is definitely one to watch out for. Uh, it, it does sound really interesting. It's called Zero Zero Zero, that one, which is not a great title, but that's what it's called. Um, <laughs> Netflix released a trailer for Island, or rather The Island. That's I hyphen land, that yeah, series. Silly. Uh, which is, is silly. But the, yes, there is a reason, I think, for that because it's sort of like iPhone, iPod. That it, It's that right. sort of of eye thing it looks like a bit of a sort of cross between lost the matrix black mirror and the hunger games it's like they kind of threw everything together in a blender um follows a group of 10 people they wake up on an island with no memory of who they are or how they got there they set off to try and get back home and it becomes apparent the world's not quite right the trailer actually gives a bit more away than that you can tell that they appear to be in some sort of simulation yeah and it's quite possible they volunteer or been selected to do this experiment so um the elements of something like maniac as well the netflix series so it's an interesting mishmash of stuff i think Uh, it's got kate bothworth in it it's got natalie martinez who's in under the dome michelle ventimiglia who's in gotham alex pettifer who's in magic mike uh sabelia dean who's in the last ship so there's there's all bunch of like really interesting cast for it uh, it's only a seven episode series this as well so be intrigued I, by I'm it i'm quite interested in it because i miss lost sometimes and i uh, quite enjoyed that and everything in this you know the whole island where are we what's going on trap thing i really really like that sort of premise obviously there's you know the twist because lost wasn't a game show this looks like a sort of well you know fictionalized kind of uh game show where these people on the island and obviously they're going to be monitored and all that sort of stuff so sure i recognize it's obviously different to lost but it's certainly got that sort of you know there's going to be weird stuff that's happening there's going to be people that's going to be finding out stuff and um i am surprised that they gave away the one particular thing in the trailer in terms of that one character yeah but 
so it, it hasn't like put me off too much watching it or anything but uh, yeah this, this is something I've kind of been looking for these sort of mystery sort of shows like that so um, yeah I'm quite looking forward to this yeah it's it's an interesting looking one 12th of September that comes out so uh, mm. one to keep an eye out for that's coming very soon Sky released a trailer for The New Pope which doesn't give a huge amount away this is the follow up to The Young Pope uh, starring Jude Law this new season stars John Malkovich as well who's always worth watching in whatever he's in um, <laughs> the trailer's really interesting because it is basically Jude Law walking along a beach in his pants uh, pretty much <laughs> that's that's the majority of the trailer so doesn't really give a huge amount away but uh, that is coming soon they've said so presumably I think that's probably going to be early next year but we don't know they haven't given an exact date for that yet but the trailer for that is up on the website if you want as with all the, all the others if you want to go and see that there was a new trailer for Titans season 2 which gave us a slightly better look at Superboy Crypto and Bruce Wayne in that uh, Crypto mm. the Wonder Dog or whatever it's called <laughs> the Super Dog <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I quite like the fact they've introduced Crypto that's great um, so yeah I, you've watched this trailer I'm assuming yeah it's good to see um, well we knew that uh, is it Ian Gillen uh, Jora from yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, we know we knew he was going to be uh, Bruce Wayne, but it was cool to see him be in there and actually have like a couple of lines or whatever. I'm Batman Khaleesi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool to see him in it as well. And um, Deathstroke looks better in this trailer than what he did in in the first one. Yeah. But as kind of discussed before with season one, it was a little bit disjointed to me, and I. I don't know with the because I think they've got 13 episodes instead of 12 this season and it looks like they've got you know a lot of characters to explore this season as well as characters we've we've, we've already got there and uh, yeah it looks like it's going to be kind of a, a packed season because obviously you've got so many characters in there they're going to be doing different stuff so yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it specifically what they do with uh, Bruce as well and if there's any teasers of him putting on the suit, suit or, or yes. whatever so yeah well yeah. I mean because it looks like at the moment it's looking like he's not wearing a suit and you've also got Dick Grayson in there who's also not wearing a suit because he burnt his Robin costume in the first season so uh, he's no yeah. longer Robin uh, but he's not yet Nightwing so I'm assuming we'll see an emergence of Nightwing maybe I this season so. I would yeah. think but we'll have to wait and see Starfire back Starfire looks a lot better this season I think he, she looked wasn't the greatest look the first season so Starfire looks a lot better uh, Beast Boy uh, Hawk and Dove are back and then you've got Aqualad I think joining the season along with yeah Superboy it's the Connor Kent version of Superboy and uh, yeah like we say Bruce Wayne and Crypto and Deathstroke and Deathstroke's kids are also in it as well so uh, mm. yeah it's an interesting interesting set of people they've got coming for that uh, September 6th on DC Universe in the US we don't know when it's coming in the UK Netflix have apparently said they are bringing it now if they just pick up Doom Patrol as well that will be useful but they haven't so uh, we do know that it is coming but we we don't know when yet my gut feeling will be either they'll shove it out over christmas if they can get away with that uh, mm-hmm. i don't think they're going to put it out next day because they didn't last year it'll either go out over christmas given when they're airing it because it's slightly earlier in the u.s this year or it'll be early in the new year i would think but we'll have to wait and see for that but uh, yeah very much looking forward to titans uh, there was a full trailer arrived for Top Boy Season 3. That's coming on the 13th of September, which uh, if you were a fan of Top Boy, uh, which I think was on Channel 4 originally. I think it was, Many, yeah. many moons ago. Uh, so uh, there was a trailer for Season 3 of that, which is coming to Netflix as a Netflix original. They've picked that up. 
and uh, there was also a trailer for the fourth and final season of Mr. Robot, which is coming on the 7th of October as well. So uh, that is one to look out for. I'm uh, looking forward to them ending that series because I think there is only so far you can take that. I've loved it. It's been brilliant, mm. but I think you can only go so far with that show. And uh, I, so I think that's probably a sensible place to bring it to an end. Yeah. Moving on to other news, uh, YouTube has made all its original series and uh, all its specials free from last week and announced a few new shows so if you want to go and watch cobra kai and don't have youtube premium you can now go and watch it with ads i mean you know they are still wanting to make some money out of it but uh yeah it means that you will now be able to watch the entire series with ads on youtube if you Mm -hmm. so wish to go and watch that and if you've got youtube premium subscription you still get them all without ads you will get the next seasons earlier than they will on free without ads so there is still a purpose to having a youtube premium subscription you also will get like behind the scenes videos and stuff and extras and things that they're putting on premium which aren't going to be released to the general public without premium uh cobra kai season one is up there now season two is coming on the 11th of september so you'll be able to watch that season three will launch on youtube premium and then come out behind the paywall at some point Point next year so there's those coming out they've also announced that youtube original shows lisa on demand and impulse are coming back for uh, new seasons as well so they've got those the new shows they announced is interesting sort of mix uh there's one called the school of which is a series is the hugely successful philosophy channel the school of life collaborate with a group of the world's most interesting and diverse youtube creators to explore some of the great philosophical questions of our age like should i marry somebody i don't love will the next picasso be a robot is democracy dangerous uh i don't know it's kind of like a sort of interesting setup for for a uh, original show so uh, we'll have to see but that's premiering october virtually history which is um created in partnership with remarkable tv 30 minutes special that's launched on the 30th anniversary of the fall of the berlin wall brings an immersive new way for history to be brought to life uh three people with a family connection to the Berlin Wall and three YouTubers are transported back through time using the power of VR to experience what it's like to live through this unprecedented moment in European history. So that's like a 30-minute special. That's coming Mm -hmm. in November. Uh, And The Edge of Science, which is produced by the BBC Studio Science Unit. YouTube science creators team up with Cambridge University scholar and podcaster and writer Rick Edwards to put the most out-there ideas in science to the test and an ambitious range of stunts and experiments. So it sounds a bit like a sort of sciencey, more sciencey version of Mythbusters. That looks like it could be kind of interesting. That's coming in December as well. So, mm. uh, yeah, interesting sort of set of, of shows. I, I have to admit, I do have a YouTube premium subscription. I don't watch things on YouTube anywhere near as much as I probably should, given that I've got the subscription. But, uh, mm. but yes. I, I, I've never got it myself. I've never particularly seen a reason to. The only kind of big standout thing I've always heard about is the, the Cobra Kai series. Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, it's just not something I've ever really looked at. If it's subscription TV, it's going to be something like Amazon or Netflix yeah. I usually look at. So Yeah, I, I think yeah. this is a sensible thing for them to do because it means that if you want to pay for a premium you can but it means you're not missing out and Cobra Kai mm-hmm. is a great show as well it, it is really worth watching it, it's kind of fun it's got a lot of karate stuff in it obviously uh, so mm-hmm. uh, yeah it, it, but it's a really fun show I've really enjoyed it so uh, worth definitely going to watch now it's out there for free 
There's a couple of smaller stories that have popped up this week. The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the follow-up to The Haunting of Hill House, which was Netflix's uh, horror anthology series. They've announced some new casting for it. Ranul Kanil, who was in iZombie, he is joining the cast. And Tania Miller, as well, who was in Years and Years, is also joining the cast. So, uh, yeah, a couple of new interesting additions there. Uh, Haunting of Bly Manor is basically, they're bringing back a number of the old cast, but they're going to be playing completely separate roles. So like an American Horror Story style? Yeah, yeah, exactly like an American Horror Story style. So they're they're introducing a couple of new people and they're uh, also bringing back a lot of the old cast, but in different roles. They've announced that uh, Catherine Parker is coming back, who played Poppy Hill, I think, in the first one. Victoria Pederiti, who was uh, Nell Crane in the first one. Henry Thomas, who was Hugh Crane in the first one they're all coming back so uh yeah they're all playing different roles but they're all coming back so yeah it's nice to see iZombie's Ravi in a new show because he's been on iZombie for like five yeah. seasons so it's going to be interesting to see him something a bit more dramatic I think he's getting a fair bit of work actually recently he's been doing stuff with uh, there's a YouTube channel called Funhouse they do you know film game reviews and gameplay videos and all that sort of stuff he uh, works with them sometimes he's also going to be in uh, Gears of War 5 which is coming out within oh, cool. about the next week or so he's also got a role in uh, Watch Dogs I can't remember what they called it Legion I think uh, which is yes. coming out next year uh, he's going to be playing one of the many um, playable characters that you can play as as well um, and yeah he's going to be getting a role in this as well so it's funny he was teasing on Twitter um, uh, late last week that like hey I've got a role coming up it's not going to be to do with like these things or whatever he was basically <laughs> pointing out you know it's not to do with DC or Marvel or any of that sort of stuff and it's not to do with uh, iZombie and then he said it was this so yeah he seems to be out of all that kind of cast from my zombie he seems to be getting the most work um but yeah it's cool to see him do do some other stuff because um yeah he was great in our zombie so yeah so yeah that's one to look out for uh, that's coming next year it's the haunting of blind manor but that will be coming next year. It basically set up very similar to the uh, the first one. Based on the horror novella Turn of the Screw, follows two young orphans who've been cared for by a governess in an old country mansion, and as the title suggests, but they become convinced that the grounds are haunted, and let's face it, they probably are, uh, yeah. given the title <laughs> of the, uh, the thing. So, um, yes, unless it's a Scooby-Doo ending and they like pull a mask off and it's like the caretaker or something. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it going to be a sort of setup of a haunted mansion. I mean, you know that's that's what you expect so uh yeah the first one was brilliant though it was really really oh, yeah. good so it, it's uh if you're into horror it's gonna be one worth watching which i very much am so. yes exactly there was a few follow-up things to all the marvel news that came out last week mm. um paul bettany was talking a bit about the wonder vision series which sounds absolutely fascinating because it's being pitched as a kind of sitcom it sort of is and it isn't Paul Bettany said I thought I was being brought in to be fired <laughs> then yeah. I thought they were going to let me down you know like listen Paul we love you but but instead they pitched this idea for this sort of six hour movie that I would never in a million years and this is why he earns the big bucks I would have thought of that he's talking about Kevin Fahey there um, it's described as a sort of avant-garde weird messed up and then moves into this sort of more familiar territory and saying the place it starts out is so odd so there's a lot of theories circling around that the idea that this whole sitcom thing is based in a false reality conjured by wonder um, yeah. wonder maximoff is uh, scarlet witch is incredibly powerful certainly in the comic books and we've not seen as much of that on the film side you know we've seen her kind of manipulating things but she can basically rewrite reality 
in the comic books. And I mean, she's incredibly destructive or can be incredibly destructive and can, has an awful lot of power. So it will be interesting to see her do this on a TV show and it could potentially be a fake reality because uh, I mean, as, as far as we're aware, vision is dead. Yeah. So, so a TV show that includes, you know, wonder and vision somewhat difficult when one of your lead characters isn't alive anymore, as far as we're aware. So mm. I don't know. It sounds fascinating. It's one that really intrigues me that. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that uh, this, this uh, TV series is going to lead into uh, Doc- uh, Doctor Strange and the uh, Multiverse yes. of Madness, I think it's called, and that she's obviously going to be in that, and then that's going to all kind of tie together. So I'm interested to see what they do, what they do with you know because you've got the sitcom stuff, which is you know looks like it might be some sort of fake reality, and then what's going to be happening on the outside of that, and then how does that lead into Doctor Strange? So yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how how that's pulled pulled together. Um, but it, it's interesting when I first kind of started to hear about this would be a sitcom thing, and when you look at all of Marvel's characters, you know, you've got people like Drax and uh, maybe Spider-Man and all that. The characters are a bit more funnier and a bit more fun. I wouldn't necessarily have looked at Scarlet, no. uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision as those two kind of characters. No. So, um, I mean, you've had people like Captain America making jokes and that, but usually it's people like Drax or some of the Guardians or whatever who are doing some of the jokes, but not those uh, particular type of characters. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they pull us off, which I have faith that they will because, yeah. let's face it, yeah. the MCU hasn't let us down yet. So. No. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. There's that coming. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier, Soldier they did uh, a bit of a chat with Anthony Mackie, who, if you remember at the end of, spoilers for Endgame, but what are you doing mm. with your life if you haven't seen it by now? Right. Uh, if, you're, if you're not one of the people that put towards the 2.8 whatever billions. Then. Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? Um, but yeah, end of Endgame, Cap hands the shield over to Falcon and asks him to see how it feels. But he has been saying when they interviewed him at D23, he says, I'm not Captain America. Just because he told me to hold the shield, he didn't say you're Captain America now. He's like, I'm going to go back and see my girl call me if something happens. I don't (laughs) want to carry this dumb shield. Um, So Uh. it it sort of looked like that was being set up for him to become Captain America. But it sounds like the reason that the show is not called Captain America and Winter Soldier or New Cap and Winter Soldier, it's called Falcon and Winter Soldier because he is still Falcon. So um, there is an interesting other character that's being cast, though. Uh, Wyatt Russell, who I think probably best known for the Black Mirror episode Playtest, he's being cast as a new character called US Agent. Uh, and if you know US Agent for the comic books, the character John Walker, who is his US Agent's real name, started out as a villain called Super Patriot, who spouted propaganda to try and turn the world against Captain America. Steve Rogers obviously wasn't a big fan of that, um, and they came to blows soon after Cap lashes out at the US government too deciding he would rather give up the shield and become a political puppet so he goes wandering off and stops becoming Captain America which we've sort of seen in the film in the wake of this the government then enlists Walker to replace Steve Rogers and becomes Captain America but he's a far more violent version of Captain America so Mm. that's the sort of background to that character and I do wonder if what they're going to use for Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be a version of Falcon rejecting the Captain America mantle, him being lent on to sort of take it up, him rejecting it and then following this 
sort of version of the storyline where US agent ends up becoming Captain America is very violent and Falcon decides to take the mantle off him and that's how he ends up becoming Captain America which then sets him up as Cap in the next movie mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if so that's would be quite a clever way of doing it because it means you wouldn't necessarily have had to have seen the TV series to have Falcon turn up as Captain America in the next film because you would have assumed by the end of the last film that he becomes Captain America next, if you see what I mean. So you could sort of bypass... If you've not got Disney Plus and not seen this, that wouldn't actually matter because you would just assume he's Captain America, whereas this gives a sort of bit of background on how he becomes it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. We'll have to see how they go with it, but... Uh, yeah, I, uh, that does sound quite interesting as a series as well. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do with it. Yeah, again, I trust them to pull it off because again, they have in this point uh, so far. The the uh, other than all the cool stuff we've seen so far for Disney Plus, uh, as well as you know last week's announcements with the the three shows which you and Bex talked about last week, I'd like to see a uh, Disney Plus series where we see his life with uh, Peggy Carter and uh, you know the, just the the life that they led and stuff like that. Plus, that would bring back kind of the you know because um agent car was cancelled so that would kind of bring back some of that stuff i guess um and it would just you know it would bring back uh steve rogers and everything so i think that that might be uh, a decent idea whether or not they're going to do that mm. I, I don't know but um yeah because you know the life that he led with her and then after he came back and stuff you could easily do like a six or ten episode season yeah on that so, yeah, yeah. That, w- that would be interesting to to go back and look at that but we'll we'll have to see that may be something they pick up down the road possibly mm. so yeah it's all looking kind of interesting and we've got a Hawkeye series coming as well and obviously the Loki series which I, I love the idea of the Loki series because it's it's Loki at prime evil Loki as well <laughs> yeah. so yes yeah, yeah. so I got I'm very much looking forward to that so that's all the news we have for this week uh, let's move on to the interview it's that time of the year Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The interview this week is with the costume designer, Jill O'Hannison. It was an absolute pleasure talking to Jill. She is the costume designer and has been since season two of Preacher, the fabulous show which goes out on Amazon Prime over here. So we talk obviously quite a lot about her work on Preacher. Uh, She's also worked on things like Revenge. She worked on Dexter, Six Feet Under. More importantly, though, she was the original costume designer for the pilot of Firefly, which means she is the person that came up with the designs for the brown coats, along with the rest of the crew of the Serenity as well. So obviously being a huge Firefly fan, I wanted to talk to her about that. So that comes up. She was also the costume designer on the original Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure as well. So um, some iconic, iconic costumes she's been in charge of creating. We went through and talked about all those things. We also talked a little bit about her new Apple TV Plus series for all mankind, which we put a few trailers up. This is starring Joel Kinnaman. It's from Ronald D. Moore. It's sort of an 
alt-history version of the space race, um, which looks brilliant. And I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing when that comes out. So we do get a little few little bits of information about that as well. Uh, So here's the interview with Jill. We will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. lovely to be talking to you as well i love the costume design stuff the amount of people doing like cosplay of costumes that you've made (laughs) (laughs) it's very exciting i love going to comic-con for for exactly that reason you know when i get to see you know people in brown coats and i get to see people in preacher outfits and stuff from bill and ted it's just incredibly fun yeah it must be amazing i know um some of the other costume designers i've talked to follow my instagram feed because i post quite a lot of cosplay photos when I do conventions <laughs> and occasionally see her liking the ones that she's done costumes for. <laughs> no, the, the costumes at Comic-Con are some of the most amazing things I've ever done. And I've been lucky enough to get to, um, you know, go to the costume event that they have at midnight, the um, competition and get to be a, a judge a couple of times. And that's been incredibly fun. Oh, that's fabulous. So I guess the main thing we're on to talk about is Preacher more than anything else. Although we will touch on some other stuff, I'm sure. But before we get into the TV shows, just a little bit of background. How did you get into doing costume design in the first place? Well, very interesting story. I was working in fashion and I had a friend who was doing a short at AFI for the Women's Directing Workshop. And she said, Jill, would you want to come and help me? And I said, absolutely. I'm happy to come and help. And I met so many lovely people and had such a good time that I I basically started doing that on the weekend whenever I had free time and whenever there was an interesting project. And I can literally trace everything back, Dave, to people that I met on on those projects. Somebody got called to be a costume assistant. She was pregnant. She gave them my name. I started doing commercials. I met feature people while I was doing the commercials. And it just kind of built from there. And I just more and more found that this is where I wanted to be. And this is where I feel like having grown up and watched, you know, being a big movie buff, watching movies, you know, old movies with my dad and going to the theater and all of that, that just costumes and and how they transform a character from who they were to who they are on screen was just a fabulous journey for me. Yeah. And being a fashion designer must be great in its own right, but I just the, the amount of scope that you have doing your job uh, compared to just you know creating straight fashion uh, i just must be amazing fun (laughs) it's true i mean when you're when you're doing fashion you are designing a product but i really feel like when i'm doing costume design i am helping the director the writer to tell the story of the character by color pattern texture you know how how the clothes fit are they tight are they loose you know all of those things can help give clues to the audience of what's going on in the life of this character so that for me is part of the great puzzle and it's just so much fun i i'm very lucky to love absolutely love what i do for a living yeah the show that you're you're on mainly at the moment uh, or up until recently has been preacher you joined yes. that on season two because it was Karen Wagner that did season one, wasn't it? Because we interviewed her for, for season one, yes. I think. She did such a brilliant job on season one. And and the great thing is that I watched season one with my, at the time, um, teenage son, and we both loved it. And I remember when I got the call for the interview, I was like, oh my God, 
I can't believe it. And my son was so excited. He was more excited about this interview than any job I've ever had before. Um, and I went in and I met with them and I just loved the sensibility of this group. And um, I kind of had a first interview with the producers. And then my second interview was with Seth Rogen and Sam Catlin and um, Evan Goldberg. And the minute I walked into the room, Seth said, you know, you're here because of Bill and Ted, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which um, he said had been one of his favorites growing up. And I was like, I'm so glad. I mean, that just just that knows that somebody has a sense of humor and what that sensibility is about. So so it was a really great fit. And particularly Seth and, and Evan were around for the season two, but not so much for three and four. And, and Sam and I developed a really wonderful kind of conversation kind of about what this world was about. You know, I always tried to keep it somewhat grounded in the 70s and 80s, which is when the the graphic novels had been written. So tried to kind of keep as true to that period as I could um, appropriately for the audience. And whenever I could to try and bring characters that were in the graphic novel to life as much as I could. Yeah. Did you know the graphic novel beforehand? I know you know it now because I can see them all on the shelf behind you. (laughs) Um, I didn't know about them before. You know, I didn't grow up with brothers. I didn't, you know, we were, we have three sisters. So it was very much, my dad was into science fiction. But he was not into comic books. So I didn't have I didn't grow up with that. But I love reading. I mean, that was that's part of what I why I love being part of the storytelling team. So once I got them, I just I can see what an amazing world this would have been for the audience of the books. You know, it was so kind of gritty and real and just fantastical and God's escaped heaven and, <laughs> you know, where is he? And let's go find him. And he has to pay for his, for his sins. You know, it was such a great kind of flip of growing up in all those religions that I, so many of us did. So I thought they were really cool and really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I love things that play around with religion. So you Join the show on season two. Uh, Karen did an amazing job on on season one. What sort of freedom did you have to maybe make changes to some of the core costumes and sort of advance that maybe a bit? Well, you know, it was very interesting because at the end of season one, we leave Anvil. And that was a very kind of specific world, you know, small, southern Texas town. So the look of that, which, again, I think Karen did a brilliant job on and the period flashbacks of Ratwater with the Saint of Killers were so beautifully done. And so when I took over on season two, I wanted to make sure that it didn't feel like, oh my God, there's a new designer, there's a new look. I wanted it to feel organic. I wanted it to feel seamless. I wanted to honor what Karen had done. And so we we tried to kind of keep things going, changing slowly as they were traveling to New Orleans. And then once we got to New Orleans, it felt like, okay, we're in a we're in a much bigger city. It's much more vibrant, much more color, so much more going on that this feels like an organic place to kind of change. And not because of, of me being a new designer, but because it was appropriate for the locale and just the scope of the of the story opening up to the bigger story in the graphic novels, going to look for God. So of course Jesse doesn't change at all, but for Tulip and for Cassidy, we felt like they had much more to choose from, you know, thrift stores and department stores and, you know, so much more than had been available in the small Texas town they were in before. So, so we felt like that was a place to try and start playing with it. And, 
And Seth and Evan really liked the idea that Tulip has this kind of magic trunk in her car that she can pull <laughs> things out of whenever she wants. And, you know, that it would just be this kind of fun thing. And we never really had to kind of justify where it came from. And they just wanted it to be really fun. And then with Cassidy, you know, my whole feeling about Cassidy is that he's a magpie. He sees something and he wants it and it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's male or female or, or kids or adults. He just, if he sees it and he wants it, then he wants to wear it. So I tried, particularly in season two, that wherever he was, he would pick something up and, and we would see it later on as part of his costume. And then tried to always have it be out of the box, have it be kind of look like it was thrown together, felt organic, but never a caricature because we wanted him to still feel relatable, funny, irreverent, unique, but not unrealistic. Yeah, I love Custody so much. He's just an amazing piece of work and uh, Judge plays him so brilliantly as well. The character's brilliant and the actor is brilliant, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the sort of other end of the scale, you have some quite fantastical elements in the show uh talked about trying to keep it grounded in reality how are you sort of managing to balance the kind of more fantastical stuff with that well it felt like that was my goal in season two and i felt like we did kind of a good job with that you know the grail is introduced and although they're kind of out there they're still realistic it really wasn't until i felt we got to season three where the really fantastical people not of this earth kind of characters start coming around. And at that point, um, it really was just a, a very important conversation with Sam about where did we want to take this? You know, again, we never wanted anything to feel like a caricature unless it was supposed to. So we just worked really hard. I would come up with boards, you know, with different ideas and we would kind of go back and forth about what we thought worked. And even sometimes we'd put the costume together and, and it wouldn't work with the actor. So we'd have to start over again. At that point, it was a little bit more open okay to kind of be fantastical because we had gotten to the point where we were beginning to have a bleed between heaven and hell and earth, so to speak. You know, when we were down in hell two and three and then becoming more involved with God as well. So it was kind of a gentle moving into a little bit crazier world and costumes that reflected appropriately, but hopefully weren't completely unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Until season four, that's a whole new ballgame. Right. Okay. You have characters like Jesus Desaad. Yes. In oh there my as God. well. That's an amazing character to try and dress. So yes, approaching that, where do you start? Well, unbelievably, I was told that I could make him look exactly like the comic. And I was just kind of blown away because rarely do we 100% go there. I try as much as I can to keep it in that world. But Sam really wanted it to look exactly like the guy in the comic. And so that's what we did. You know, we, we made the beautiful cape. We bought those thigh high boots. We found the skinniest, skimpiest little black underwear. And there it was. There's the costume. Three pieces basically tells it all. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been an interesting shopping trip. <laughs> that was a very, well, you know, that whole world, you know, the amount of shopping that I did in kind of fetish stores and erotica stores for all of the different people at the party, at the fetish party, all came came from those kinds of shops. And, you know, I mean, when I was looking for specific pieces here and there on my on my computer, I ended up at some very, very unsavory places. <laughs> so. yes. Learning how to delete your browser history. Yeah. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Do you have a favorite character on the show to dress? You know, that's really a toss up, I have to say, between Tulip and Cassidy, because, you know, I love dressing Tulip's kind of tough girl, mechanic, tomboy exterior. But then when she's not around anybody in the outside world, when it's just Jesse or Cassidy, we can see her in softer colors, florals, things that you would never see her in when she's out on the street. So I love that kind of dichotomy with her. And then, of course, I mean, just spending time with Joe Gilgun is such a pleasure for me. And we always did so well together in our fittings. It was really a collaboration. And I just had the, I mean, I still to this day, even though I now know that it's the end of the show, I'll see something and I'll go, oh, that will be great for Cassidy. (laughs) (laughs) Buy it because the show's over. So yeah, we had a, Joe and I had a very cheerful goodbye and I will, I'm so excited for his new show that's coming out. But anyway, he was really, really fun. And then there's some other characters like, you know, Julianne Emery as Featherstone. I got to do fabulous different kind of disguises for her, particularly the last one, which I think is yet to be seen. But being able to make that squirrel costume for her was one of the highlights of this season, you know, to take her regular costume and turn it into a flying apparatus. Wow. So that was great. That was really fun. That's amazing. I've seen Joe's new show because it's out over here. It's amazing. I got to see the first three episodes and that's it. So I don't know if I'll get to see it unless I either go to the UK or until it gets sold over here. But I agree. The first three felt so real and honest and I just fell in love with all the characters. Yeah, he is brilliant and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm actually a little bit behind you because I've only seen the first one so far. But yeah, I absolutely love it. I think it's brilliant. So we need to talk about some of your other shows as well. Okay. Because you were on Firefly, which is the the best sci-fi show ever made as far as I'm concerned. I agree. Were you on for the whole thing or was it just the pilots? Because I did the pot, what was originally the pilot in the first episode. Yeah. And I just, I mean, again, you know, I think as I said earlier, my dad was a huge science fiction buff and he he basically passed that on to me. So I remember going to the interview and the minute that Joss Whedon said futuristic Western, you know, I was in, I was just like, oh my God, please hire me. I, I really, I have to do this. I mean, it was just the most amazing job I feel like I had ever had up to that point. And working with Joss is phenomenal. He's just such a visionary. And I really, really loved his aesthetic and his style. And he, I think, got mine as well. So I felt like we were able to kind of blend the Western and the sci-fi in a way that made sense, that was realistic, but also super fun. You know, creating the brown coats was just a dream. And I continue to be very proud of that. And you know, just setting up again, setting up a world. One of the things I love about books and movies and, and TV is, is all these new worlds that people have created that we get to visit and to be able to create a world like Firefly is a costume designer's dream. There's just no other way to say it. Yeah. The costumes in that have become somewhat iconic and you yes. know, the, you still see them around when you go to comic cons, brown coats particularly, and uh, Jane is very popular as well. Yes. <laughs> So. Yes, he is. I remember even one time it was Halloween on a on a TV set and this female electrician came and I was kind of looking at her and I and I took another look and I said, are you a brown coat? And she goes, yes, yes, I am. And it was so wonderful to you know be on my own TV show. And here comes somebody, you know, in one of the brown coat costumes. I love seeing those costumes out there. And uh, I was so sad that that never went on for longer. But, you know, you get the impression that Joss is a bit nervous about the idea of ever going back to that world because 
because it's got such an iconic status at this point. It's true. And and especially I feel like he did a really good job on the feature film of kind of, yeah. of kind of rounding out the world that he created. And it doesn't mean that he couldn't go there again. But if he doesn't ever go there again, I feel like there was a relatively good finishing to that part of it. So, you know, we could all hope and pray and wish and dream. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see yeah. more of Firefly. Yes. There are comic books and stuff as well. And the comic books are great as well. So Bill and Ted, of course, is the other thing, which I mean, what what another iconic thing to be involved <laughs> with. And of course, he's coming back for a new film as well. Yes. You know, I was so bummed, Dave, because they called me while I was in Australia on season four of Preacher and said, Jill, can you come and do Bill and Ted three? And I was like, no, I can't because, you know, I've committed to season four and I, I you know, I don't walk away from a project like this. And but I was so tempted, I mean, to, to be able to kind of round yeah. that out, you know, kind of bookend the Bill and Ted world would have been really satisfying, I guess I would say. And I've worked, you know, I did another show with Keanu called The Replacements, you know, since we did Bill and Ted so long ago. And so it would have been great to have seen him as well. But I just, you know, I'll be one of the first people to see Bill and Ted 3. So I will be there with bells on because I fully support that world. But that was one of the first times that I got to do period costumes of that scope. It was really exciting. And, And to be able to go to Italy and have costumes made for Mozart and for Genghis Khan and to do all of that internationally was just amazing and I was I was still relatively young and so it was a big big job for me and I had a fabulous time and then on top of that to be able to get to work with the iconic musicians that were the three most important people we can I can never forget that you know Martha from the motels and Fee Wable and Clarence Clemens I I mean those were those were some of my idols and so there just were so many elements about that project that really were very satisfying as a costume designer i had a great time on that an amazing set of films (laughs) and uh, again has just become iconic and and keanu is supposed to be one of the nicest guys to ever walk the earth so you know he's really quite lovely both yeah and alex and mr winters are lovely people yeah the latest thing you've been working on is uh ronald d moore's new show for apple which i'm really quite interested in which is for all mankind yes and i know you're not going to be able to say much about this because it's not I out yet not yet <laughs> I, let's see i'm trying to remember what i can say we start out in the 60s around the time of apollo 10 apollo 11 and something happens that is a little bit of a different history yes and we continue on with how that plays out and the ripple effects of that yes and what inspires, challenges, motivates the U.S. to do in the face of that new and different information. And I've been having a fabulous time working, of course, with Ron Moore and his team of brilliant writers and creating this kind of, um, we start out very realistically and it will be interesting to see how and if things change from there. But always fun doing period. I love doing 60s and early 70s and and then getting to do all of the NASA. Uh, space suits and flight suits and in-flight 
garments. We just had a great time. And I've learned so much more about that period in history. And it's been a really, really wonderful journey, I have to say. And I love working at Sony and love working for Apple and very excited to see if and how that journey continues. Yeah, I was going to ask, don't NASA have something about you not using exact versions of their outfits? Not that you necessarily would want to, but you have to sort of tweak them slightly. And I guess with the out history stuff, that is also going to influence changes in the designs moving forward. Exactly. Yes. I mean, you know, mostly I think we had to work with reimagining some of the graphics, some of the patches, some of the banding, you know, very noticeable logos and things in and around NASA because we are telling somewhat of an alternate history. And I think especially with the anniversary having just happened, you know, I think they wanted to make sure that there were, I don't know, boundaries around what what was gone. So I think, you know, as particularly because of past history of conspiracy theories and things like that, they kind of wanted to make sure that they had a very serious position or that they kind of were in their ground. There you go. Yeah, I am very much looking forward to that. I mean, there's a bunch of very interesting Apple series and the fact that Apple are actually launching it everywhere at the same time, which um, doesn't (laughs) always happen. You know, it's like Disney Plus, we're still sat waiting because that's not going to be launching at the same time as everywhere else. And DC Universe hasn't launched over here at all. So, you know, it's frustrating sometimes not being in America. (laughs) Yes, well, but at the same time, you know, you will definitely get Joe's show before I ever get to see anything more of it so I you know and there's so many there's so many amazing British shows that that take a while to kind of get over here so I will uh you know well let's keep in contact and I'll keep you um updated as to what I know on this side of the pod (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, definitely. So last couple of questions for you. Sure, um, absolutely. The first one is, uh, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Okay, I'm watching Handmaid's Tale. Yes. I've finished watching Sharp Objects. Oh, yeah. I loved Terror about the Northern Passage through yeah. Canada. Yeah. Loved that. Excited to watch season two, which I think is um, centers around the internment camps, the Japanese yes. internment camps. And also because I I was in Australia for six months doing the last season of Preacher. There was a lot of stuff I missed here in the States, so I'm kind of catching up, so I'm a little bit behind. Of course, just finished watching the Game of Thrones, and um, oh my God, there's so much out there that I want to start watching. I, oh, I definitely want to watch Carnival Row. Yes, yeah. I'm so excited about Carnival Row because I loved Penny Dreadful. Oh, and you know what I also just finished watching, which I was surprised that I enjoyed it so much, were the Frankenstein Chronicles. Oh, yeah. I saw that with... Sean Bean, yeah, that was it was actually really good. I really yeah. liked it. And then there are a couple of things that I loved watching with my son. We watched Mr. Robot together. We watched Humans together. You've covered enough there, I think. <laughs> I could go on because I really do. I mean, I, I came out of features and into TV because I had a kid, but I feel like TV has the best writing happening. I really, really do. And and as a costume designer, Dave, I really prefer the longer form of storytelling than what you get with an hour and a half feature. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. You get more time, you have more money, all of that. But to be able to tell a story over three or four years is such a luxury. Yeah, yeah. TV is in an amazing place at the moment and so many good shows out there. And last question for you. If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present or future, what would you work on? That 
is such an interesting question. You know, I've never done that. I've never kind of gone back over what I loved. You know, I think I'd like, I really would like to work on Legion. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. I think I would have loved to have been able to finish Firefly. I just wasn't able to because I had a, you know, a young, 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 young one. Um, And I would have loved to have done Penny Dreadful, I have to say. I mean, Gabriella Pascucci did a brilliant job, but I just loved that world. So I would have loved to have been part of that. Yeah. Good and one, there's one other one that's been one of my favorites for years and that's Carnival. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was another show that I seem to remember was cut down way too early, but yes. Way too early. Yes. I remember them saying, oh, it was so expensive and it was like before Game of Thrones. And I really, really would have loved another season of that. Um, and I do get that it was a bit slower because of the time period and kind of the mood of it, but I would have loved to have seen that continue. Yes. Yeah. It's one of those things that probably would survive now that didn't survive then. You know, it's. Uh, I agree. It's Absolutely. like Firefly. Firefly, I think, would have really taken off had it been not on Fox and it had been somewhere like a, you know, a, a different network. I think now would have really taken off. But yeah. yeah, I agree. I think if it had been on cable, it would have found a better life. Yeah. So I'm quite excited for Joss's new show because he's got a show coming on HBO. And I think that seems like a much better fit for somebody like Joss. I agree. I think that he's able to really kind of stretch his creative muscles, you know, on a show where he doesn't have the boundaries of a network television studio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Nevers, that's called. That sounds great because it's kind of Victorian England, mainly, by the sounds of it. So I'm really excited. I, I watch everything that Joss does because, as I said, he just he has such a beautiful visual mind and I and when he writes it's like I I really feel like when I would read the scripts I could visualize his world because of how he wrote it so Mm. that was always a a pleasure yeah he's an amazing director and creator and I I always love his stuff so yes I'm very much looking forward to that when it lands yes I'm right there with you I will be watching the minute it comes out for sure (laughs) awesome well I shall let you go and uh, get back to the rest of your day I'm very much looking Looking forward to For All Mankind coming out. I will be watching definitely. Great. Thank you so much, Dave. And I look forward to speaking with you in the future. And thanks for taking time to support season four of Preacher. No problem at all. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Cheers. Bye-bye. So that was the interview with Jill O'Hannison, the costume designer on Preacher. Preacher is currently running on Amazon Prime in the UK. It's an AMC show in the US, so you can catch it there. Bill and Ted, obviously, as we said in the interview, is coming back for a new movie. Unfortunately, she's not involved in it, but uh, you can go back and watch the original Bill and Ted as much as you like. It's out on various streaming services and stuff. You can find that. And of course, Firefly is around. I think it's on Netflix at the moment, and you can get it in various other places. But if you've not seen Firefly, what are you doing with your life? Go and watch it. It's fabulous, that show. Now we've got some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We've got a couple of interesting things coming up. Reluctant Landlord, that's Ramesh Ranganathan's series, sitcom series, that returns for a second season on the 4th of September at 10pm on Sky One. The 100 is back for its sixth season. That is on E4 on the 4th of September at 9pm. I'm looking forward to this because I quite enjoy that series. It's got one more season to go after this. So, and I think that's about the right time to end it because I mean, there's only so far you could take that show they've done pretty much everything they can with that cast uh so uh yeah definitely looking forward to that 
Still no news on Supernatural yet before anybody asks. Still hopeful, but um, nothing yet. But would it usually be around this, this time? Potentially it would be much earlier than this, but oh. this sort of brings me to what we were talking about before we came on air, which was, I think they are having problems with Warner Brothers right now, because Warner Brothers are the people that are responsible with, for most of the international sales of the CW shows. And things that have been delayed have been things like Supernatural. We still can't confirm whether they picked up Batwoman. So I think there's been a lot of changes behind the scenes at Warner Brothers over there uh, with mergers and stuff. And I think maybe that is causing a few problems with dramas being picked up. I don't Hmm. know. We'll have to see what happens with Supernatural. It seems hopeful that it will still come, but it's not like E4 had dropped it intentionally. But I get the impression that there are some issues contractually going on with that and with Batwoman, I suspect. Because it's like there is no way that Sky aren't trying to pick up Batwoman to go. Right, because they've got, they got all the others apart from yeah. Black Lightning. Plus, you've got the big crisis crossover coming. So, yeah, so, I wonder if they didn't get Batwoman, I wonder what they would, would they just air Crisis without that episode? That would be really weird. But. Yeah, I I got to imagine that they're going to cave and, and get it at some point. But I at the moment, they won't confirm it. So I suspect it will come, but it's tricky. It it would be weird to do it without it, given what a huge thing the crossover event is going to be. And to not have that series in there would be really bad. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Moving on, coming to Sky Atlantic, The Loudest Voice, which comes to Sky Atlantic on the 5th of September. It's uh, going out at 2am and uh, I think it'll get repeated at 9 or 10pm as well. This stars Russell Crowe as Roger Ailes, the founder of Fox News. So um, could be quite an interesting little miniseries that he's wearing a fat suit as far as either that would put an awful lot of weight for it. But uh, uh, 5th of September, that arrives on Sky Atlantic. I think that will definitely be one to watch. Uh, State of the Union, which is coming to BBC Two. That's on the 8th of September at 10pm. That is a short form comedy series from Nick Hornsby starring Rosamund Pike and Chris O'Dowd. That looks like it could be quite funny. And uh, The Hot Zone, which is a limited series coming to National Geographic. That's on the 10th of September. Inspired by the true events detailed in Richard Preston's international bestseller on the harrowing tales of global crisis that never was. I think that's about disease control and stuff. So um, the 10th of September, that arrives that's the hot zone on national geographic and that looks like it could be a good drama to watch so that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you just want to mention well we're kind of in the calm before the storm in terms of uh, yes. the, the autumn or the fall depending on where where you live and what you want to call that particular time of year um so yeah lots of podcasts for both me david and my co-host robert to do in the coming months uh, i'm looking forward to a lot of stuff it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time especially when the um the witcher comes out because that's going to be yes. uh, a different type of podcast for me to do so yeah um, but yeah, you can follow all the stuff that I'm doing either on entertainmenttalk.org or you can simply follow Twitter at eTalkUK because obviously all the stuff gets posted there as well. Yes. So uh, yeah, come and check everything out. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of months. Go and check out all Matt's stuff. He's got some great content out there. Uh, for us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week to see all the latest air date information and news. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at Facebook com forward slash geek town on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geek town and on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye bye bye
Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.